This podcast contains mature and adult themes and is not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. We didn't have makeup at all. Boys didn't Sadly. wear makeup. Uh, maybe a little bit of eyeliner if you were really pushy. Like no. so, when I was going out in my college and after days, when I was getting gay bashed in Hyderabad, I would go out with a full smoky eye, and I don't mean black. I would do green glitter, blue. Where did that? That's how they identified us in the streets. How did like that this. come? I really liked wearing uh, makeup, and you were still living at home in those days. Yeah, but we would get ready in my friend's house, Half either, you know, and all like of us queens going do. out yeah. together. Yeah, then they pay. Yeah, and you'd wear like a full green, full glitter, like a mint, some not even like a classic Rani Mukherjee or anything like that, shapely almondy. No, it was just a round, just so that it's koala like, but cool. And wow. sparkly in the lights of the club. So you made the transition quite quickly into being like pushing the envelope. Yeah, second nature to me. Welcome to today's episode of the Queer Podcast, which we are titling "Decoding the Self." We thought it would be fun to take a look at ourselves in a more external way, the ways in which we present ourselves to the world via fashion and self-expression, and how that has changed with time. So, literally, we're going to gas about the what's and why's of our looks, perhaps what sets us apart externally. So uh with us is a man whose sense of style I really love uh who has a great voice a big heart uh and who is so super talented with his art which is makeup uh hello makeup with Elton Fernandez hello Ashish and everybody listening So Elton is the maestro behind many many fashion campaigns and recently uh, the artist behind creating iconic period looks for Aditi Rao Haider in Jubilee which were gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, really beautiful. I first met Elton cuz the whole shtick of this podcast is that I'm the old queer mm. who's struggling to come to terms with the new queer world. So you are the young queer by the way for this yeah. episode, right? So I met Elton actually when he was a wee gaby mm. uh back in 2012 at Lakme Fashion Week I was doing a bunch of videos for them and Elton was handling all the looks and it was a love at first sight for Nina me Nina Manuel right? Nina Manuel and since then of course I've watched Elton grow in many many ways and it also uh, aside from all this it it's worth mentioning that Elton is someone who has always looked out for our own queer folks and that makes my jaded heart swell so thank, thank you for doing that thank you uh Thank you for being here amidst your crazy schedule and chatting with us. Uh even before I actually thought of this episode properly, I just knew I wanted to do something on style and how we present ourselves as sure. queer people with you. So thank you for saying yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh So clearly the way we present ourselves to the world through what we wear, through how we look, what we do with the visible parts of our bodies, mm. uh fashion, hairstyling, makeup, uh they kind of represent us and put out a message about who we are right yes um uh, our dressing connects to social norms which include gender and sexual identity mm-hmm. so my first question to you is 
Do you think the queers have their own fashion statement to make and do we in some ways announce identities to the world? Yeah, I mean, uh, like with everybody, um, our style introduces us before we words do um, or actions do. So in so much it's important. But for us, I think it's like it's kind of like a I know you're going to ask me about the queer aesthetic, you know, and I, I, I feel like yes. that's such an oxymoron in a way because it's like complying with what society is giving you within the lines, but you also have to push the borders uh, outwards ever so often. Right. So like I may be wearing all white, which is quite okay for Labor Day, <laughs> but I, I will have my eyeliner on or something, a bandana in some way in some way push the boundaries okay so interestingly this uh, I read a quote from fashion a queer fashion activist and founder of the fashion incubator Q where uh, his name is Sonny Oram and he mm. says fashion is just such an important part of who we are that's the first time you tell someone I'm not straight yeah yeah or that mm -hmm. uh, so do you reckon that wearing clothes that cross the binary is political in some way is that an act of like politics for you? For me, it's very political. Uh, and in fact, I feel like without taking that uh, stance or understanding the politics behind uh, what we're saying and doing and what sociopolitical stages is, um, you cannot get an agenda further than it already is. Right. To see it through, you have to be able to identify what's political about And wear it, it with pride, literally. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Gen Z is the queerest generation yet, apparently. I'd say, yeah. yeah. Uh, a US-based Gallup poll said that uh, nearly one in six respondents aged mm. 18 to 23 identify as queer or transgender. Amazing. That's staggering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's mention of a queer aesthetic. Now we come to the queer aesthetic. Mm. What do you think is a queer aesthetic? How would you define that? Um, anything that is makes you take a second look and then a third and you still don't know what to make of it. So it shaking, will, shaking up it the order. It will confound you a little bit, I suppose. So shaking up the order a little bit. Yeah, and make you feel like, okay, the status quo is being threatened. It's like in some way you feel, hmm, there's something uncomfortable about this, but I don't know how to process it. Do you like doing that? Do you yes. like? Yes. In fact, when I started working out and I had a, I had a fair bit of muscle a couple of years ago and uh, I... S I dress largely, my, my wardrobe is women's wardrobe, and then I'll make it a, a bit mask, right. you know. But um, when I had all of this muscle, I realized I couldn't layer much. And I was starting to present the body in a way that was more mask. Because, you know, you're chati khal jata and you're just more like yeah. this and this and all of this. Like your posture. But uh, I didn't like that about... Because I just missed that skinny waist and, you know, thin arms that can take a shirt and a jacket on top and, and still look, you can Wafy control and, your and yeah, fashion. But I miss that because I hate, there's nothing more uncomfortable for my, to my eyes than a man in supremely tight clothes. Yeah. Um, unless we're looking at just the lower half. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. They usually do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so styling yourself through a queer lens is a signal to other queer people that I'm queer, right? Um, for me, it's more for myself and for the maybe the people who are not queer. Right. Queer people will look at me and okay, there she is again. Right. But 
it's yeah the other ones they aren't That's expecting it, yeah. it what do you think of the whole unisex style trend which is big now isn't it um i'm all for it mm-hmm. because i think in even though the heteros may finally be appropriating our culture at large i think uh, interesting it is uh, one can bring oneself to look at it from a lens of oh okay at least they're catching on right. and at least it's progressing some of our culture and normalizing it it may not be from the mouths that i want to hear it from but it's right. okay yeah allies 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 after say ranveer really comes up a lot right yeah, in terms of because uh, he's so queer without being homo yeah and you know. and wears it with such pride yeah i like it he's yeah. got a real panache about himself absolutely like ballsy and that's a queer identity you know balls to the wall gang ho we want to really uh, beat our drum when we announce ourselves right shake it up i love that yeah this also brings us to like the whole history of how queers have through time coded themselves in some ways mm. and often it was historically like a way that they actually uh informed other queer people that they were queer mm. very subtle uh so i was reading some signaling some signaling so i a really interesting stuff actually coming out or being outed non consensually is risky even today but this was very dangerous decades ago as you can imagine mm-hmm. uh so people lgbtq plus people relied on using coded phrases to come out to each other so there were terms like family mm-hmm. uh a club member dorothy's or, friend a friend of dorothy's <laughs> yeah which is so bizarre like <laughs> where it. did that come from is it from dorothy like wizard of oz wizard dorothy of oz, yeah right? must be must be uh and the word gay itself i didn't know this was one of those code words and was orig- originally co-opted from a phrase that female sex workers mm. used to refer to each other and the gays grabbed it uh, the gay rights movement outed the word following the rebellion at stonewall in 1969 right when i was born right uh i'm glad you have such a dignified reaction to that most people are like oh my god you're my father's age oh i was going to say but you stopped 69 <laughs> <laughs> okay so back to coding some historically interesting facts in the 1890s oscar wilde mm. wore a green carnation yes. to signal that he was gay and mm. that caught on apparently mm. in the 20s it was lesbian women who popularized wearing men's trousers mm. still still around In the 70s again the women took to wearing androgynous baggy silhouettes aimed against the male gaze mm. so trends included bow ties and suit jackets mm. uh, and the and the men during this era wore hankies like we talked about if you wore your hanky in your left pocket you were a bottom mm. and if you wore it on your right in your right pocket you were a top and this became more and more coded in terms of color as the lgbtq a uh, sort of spectrum developed mm. so there was a rainbow code and there were 10 colors each of which signified a position mm. or a fetish so depending on what your mood Hot. was for that night yeah so the 80 saw men wearing the single earring in the right ear that was when it all started <laughs> <clears throat> so earrings do you remember the earring trend yes if you wore it on your left ear or something you were a gandu <laughs> you were active Oh like passive I yeah. do. And if you wore it on your right ear you were passive and you oh. wear it on both ears I see. Yes. Then came keys hanging them on a chain on the left meant top right meant bottom. 
whatever that is. Then, now this is interesting, the mm. women appropriated the beloved carabiner. I don't know what that is. It's a metal loop with a spring-loaded gate used to quickly and reversibly connect components, most notably in safety-critical systems. Sure, okay. We have to ask the girls about this. Sure. Because it sounds very deep and meaningful, but I don't quite get it. Okay, so any stuff that comes to your mind from your own lived experience of while growing up queer, how you kind of slowly informed other people or coded yourself to other people? Because you couldn't have started like this. Possibly, right? but you know, I, uh, again, I was born in 81 and we didn't have mobile phones growing up either. Right. Or the internet. Or the internet. Or a personal computer. I mean, you shared one landline with the whole damn family with parallel lines. You couldn't even give your phone number to people. To, right. You know. But I think the the visceral way would be, yeah, in, in, in my day, perhaps wearing lenses or having like a really faggy haircut or uh, printed Kalamkari Pochampalli printed, you know, textile shirts and with the big lapels and big collars and... Well, that's right, you're from Hyderabad. Like yeah, so I enjoyed that uh, textile. But or a lot of us coming out of college, we have that jhola vibe, you know. You come with the, the jhola and the... Ha, coat. Ha. What are those kolapuris and ha, the the linen Indian. pants ha. and all this? The fab India aesthetic. Yeah, journalist out of college aesthetic. Yeah. Slightly, also very gay. Also very gay. So I remember that when growing up, reading about men in the US used to put hankies in their back pockets. Back pockets. Yeah, right hand was supposed to be something and left. I could left never remember, was, which is why I'm still single, clearly. I never put hankies because it would draw attention to my flat bum. Me too, actually. So we don't really highlight those areas. Right, right yeah. Uh, but it was alien then to even wear certain colors as a man. You couldn't wear pink. For sure. It was, yeah. I think... I can't uh, imagine yellow, pink... Uh, it was, I think, Miami Vice, the show. Oh, I don't even love. know if you remember that. And Don Johnson of wearing course. all those pastel yeah. colors and yeah. light... Lilac, uh, oversized suits and yeah. everything. Yeah. That kind of bought what those colors. Yeah. Superb. I must have been about 10. So I'm going to tell you this experience because we were chatting about this earlier. But I must have been about 10 and I went to a shoot with my mum. Mm. And she was producing an ad film which was uh, cosmetics. It was called Max Factor. And... Uh, there were two very obviously gay and out model dancer men. One was Dodo Bhujwala, who's still around. Mm. And one was Ritesh Haldar, who's also a very successful architect now. Mm. And Dodo was wearing a earring. And on the earring, there was a piece of car tire that was hanging for some reason. I mean, he used to make his own earrings. Mm. And he had makeup and he was wearing these tiny little disco satin shorts okay. and this loose ganji. Um, and prancing around and being very gay and I could Where see... that voodoo in Kolaba? No, no, much before. I was oh. 10. Thank you for thinking. Oh, I was 10 in voodoo. LJ, I love you. I was 40 then. No, not 40. 20-something. <laughs> so this is when I was a little 10-year-old. And I could see all the light dadas and all on the set sniggering and kind of making yeah, comments. And it made me very uncomfortable because mm. I knew I was like them, but I did not want to be them. Mm. Because I didn't like the way... And that kind of intimidated me. Yeah, puts you in a box. Yeah, rather. does do you have have you ever felt that? Have you yeah, ever? still. Yeah, but I think our coping mechanism develops uh, to the point where you can just it becomes part of your nature to shuck it, ignore it. Yeah, to the side and just you still get sleep it. it on the, yeah, even in your fashion world. Yeah, yeah, film sets. Or That's whatever. bizarre. It could be, 
you know it may not be as uh, verbal or as obvious but in the look you understand when it's like i think like women compared to men um are more self aware and they're more aware of what's happening around them and so much as they're always checking looking over their shoulders just making sure it's just a natural reflex and hetero men just don't get it on why they need to be uh you know to they need to look out constantly or be like a bit anxious about who who's coming from what angle how close what am i wearing is my dupatta right. off is my, my cleavage, you know yeah. all of that and i think queers also share that because you've been gay bashed or uh and i have yeah i have we all have you know so it's you know that someone's speeding towards you a little or someone's following you there's a phone in your uh, pointed at you from somewhere around your peripheral vision you just know you're more aware so i'm just more aware and i choose to ignore a lot of yeah it, it doesn't bother you it doesn't as bother much me anymore. anymore because i feel like people's lacking intelligence cannot be my problem absolutely absolutely you know? and you can't restrict yourself just because and it's not my job to bring janta up to speed i'm here to maintain my own and to live journey yeah and to do my thing that's it but were you always so brave about it not always it builds from being from the trauma That's right. why I always say I don't. I never say that I feel like a victim. Oh, I feel so sorry, or like oh, I hate you for doing this. No way, thanks. But I am, you know, I've got this uh, war paint on thanks to you. Right. So all part of you know, my you're journey. still stuck where you were. Yeah. Because like if I think back uh, to you, maybe eleven, twelve years ago when we worked together, you didn't present as queerly. Not perhaps. at all. Yeah. I think your aesthetic has gotten more. And refined. I was a, I was a small town boy. Came here from Hyderabad. I didn't uh, know how to navigate social spaces. Forget there was nothing small town about you. No, for me there you was in my cool. head. That's only because I was English speaking, raised Anglo, anglicized. You know, it's like so I could. It made things easy. Right. But uh, in my head, I still had the insecurities of a small town. Right. Person. So how did you get into makeup? Considering that you were not in Bombay and it was not like a mecca of yeah, you know. It wasn't completely alien to me because my mother was very well groomed growing right. up. How how I many gay just, boys say it comes from mummy? Right? Yeah, I mean I don't even a... we don't even have a functional relationship. Oh. But um but I do love I feel love and respect for her of course. And I uh, used to always enjoy watching her just like put on her red lips or brush her hair and uh because she really dressed well. uh whether it was red lips or permed hair or high heels going out jiving wow and when when before we were born my brother and i my they would clear the dance floor for my mom when she would jive so one of those uh right spirited young bombay girls right so it was empowering to grow up with a woman like that do you remember any times growing up where you saw somebody queer and what impression that hell yeah oh yeah. my god for me my icons were prince um the artist formerly known as right. or madonna right. like a virgin i remember asking my mom uh, i used to sing that song and i said what's a virgin and she said an unmarried woman right she lied yeah she lied <laughs> so there were two teachers in my school and i don't really talk about them often i mean i you know uh, i don't know why i thought about it but this was in thane st john's and uh, we had two teachers that were really famous and very beautiful that everybody uh, loved uh, one was speci teacher speci speciosa de souza wow. and one was uh, ida but i love them because speci had she would come with this hair behind the ears 
uh, loose braid at the back, whether it was a sari, whether it was pants, whatever. Uh, and big glasses, like square and big, like really big, covering right. 50% of her face, right. kind of big. And it was so queer with the thick uh, lenses. Frames. Oh. The lenses. Which itself. is very happening now. Yeah, but it was, it's like what we call Dhammarudam type of vibe then. Right. Oh, but like it was a 70s, so trendy 50. to come into school like that and teach us. And uh, either teacher wouldn't, uh, would often not wear a bra. <gasps> So it was really so beautiful. I remember just looking at that form and thinking, wow, not in a sexual way as a child, but you just learn to appreciate uh, form and yeah. silhouette. And men, did you ever, do you ever remember? <sighs> so boring for, for the most part. Yeah, that's but, true, uh, sadly. I'd say in real life, maybe my own family, I had some trendy, yeah, uncles, or, but it wasn't queer, but it was cute, yeah. bellbots. You know, hip, yeah, right. bell bots or that pants so high that you know which side the motor is on. <laughs> like the old my my uh, my father used to joke and say, "Oh God, look at him with his old Vespa model," because <laughs> the whole engine is on one side of the. <laughs> so, are we trailblazers? What's the stereotype about gay men being fashionistas? Where do you think that comes from? Trauma, like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> really? But it really is true. Everything yeah. in life comes from trauma. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, the greatest things could come from trauma. But, uh, and I think it's, yeah, a not just gay men, whole community, trans people more than anything. Uh, but you, 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 you hold on to these little things that give you meaning or that you can find some sort of a, you know, a likeness or a purpose. To it. Yeah. So there's a quote, queerness in general has become more accepted by the mainstream and I think fashion always came from queerness. Fashion is quite queer. Fashion is queer, of yeah. course. I mean, look at everybody keeping the business alive. So whether you think of uh, great artists, great architects, great anything to do with visceral, visual arts, um, uh, imagination, today we are everywhere, we're in the military, we're in sports, we're in you know, business everywhere, but our brains were more left aligned, ally, what is it right. called? Aligned or whatever right, back in the day. Right. And uh, we excelled in those spaces because th this is where we found more community. And expression. You know, uh, and freedom. Agency and I guess over a safe ourselves. space in some safe ways. Space. Right? Like Mumbai is to all of us. Why do right. we all... So I was uh, speaking to Saurabh, I don't know if you know, his music's fantastic, uh, sophisticated musician, uh, Nicholson. He's got... Right, right? yes. So... Uh, we go back to so many years ago where we met in Hyderabad and discussing with him, it's like, how did we all end up here? You know, it's like, because we're all rejects in our own cities, in our own old spaces. And then we come together and we all find other freaks like ourselves over here. Yeah. And find you suddenly realize that, okay, this this world is not as insular or close-minded as, as we thought it was. Um, and we are not alone. But I, I understand that life has sped up because of virtual world, internet, mobile phone, right. all of this. So we have access to these points of conversation. But back in the day when you didn't, uh, and you didn't have access to a newspaper that covered articles or anything mass like that, right. where do you get these signals from? So I suppose that ring makes a, a statement. Yeah, of course. You know, so much more value. But, but that's interesting, your idea about 
cities being enablers and that's true cities and professions yeah Yeah. because you meet a lot of queer kids who leave their hometowns and come to Bombay and then start living their queer lives and also I realized this earlier on in life I realized that if you wanted to feel less triggered you just have to earn more money and live in a nicer place like people always why do you choose to live in here and here in Bandra West and I say because it just reduces all of these microaggressions of everyday life Someone calling me good when I'm downstairs. Someone saying, Hey, Vijay, Andy, hey, Bailey, whatever. <laughs> I don't want all of this shit. Right. You know, I, I want to get up in the morning, feel motivated, do my job, come home, have a laugh, have a good fuck and go to bed. It's like, uh, so I don't want triggers. Right. Every step of the day. Yeah, of course not. So, and I get that from uh, spaces where people are well-traveled, uh, where they, they, they're so busy with their own, keeping their own boat of you know, float. Right. They're not bothered with what you're doing. Right. And they can hold space for you. So that's in these cities. I'm sad to hear even somebody like you who's at the top of their game and who's like owning it and all that has to put up with triggers all the time. That's all like the time. Bit. Of course. You just choose to not be bothered or activated by it sometimes. Yeah. But, but it's never meant to be fair. Yeah, and I think yeah that's cool. true. Who said life's fair? Yeah. That's true. Okay, so I'm in desperate need, as you can see, of updating my wardrobe mm. uh, and keeping up with queer trends. So what do you see as, as as queer trends currently? What I love about Gen Z's aesthetic today yeah. is they have taken something that is old, again, within creative written boxes at some point, right. which was, say, for example... Um, Gym wear, athleisure, athleisure. inner wear. Okay. Um, As outerwear. And bring it out to the front. Yeah, that's fine. So, so that I is love looking at this. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you remember Kata Laga or whatever that's yeah, yeah, yeah. She comes Shifali, with that thong. Yeah. yeah. It was sexy. I mean, she yeah. might have made it look tacky, but it was really sexy and hard. Of course it was sexy. That blue thong, if I'm not even mistaken. A glittery. Yeah. yeah. Um, but today it's so it's so relevant and so cool yeah. and it really looks great. Yeah. Wearing everything and even their makeup, for instance. It's taking from the olden times, but using lesser and you can see so much of skin spaces coming through in between all of this heaviness on the face. Right. There are some bits that don't have anything. So there's, it's like give and take into certain parts. I, I quite like it. I love the aesthetic today. Because our time, the 90s, the 2000s were great for music. Yeah. But fashion oh God, was yeah. ghastly at yeah. one point. Yeah. We just didn't know where we were going with it. I mean, 80s <clears> fashion <throat> was frightening. Frightening, but they've taken that... And made it cool. And made it cool, you're right. So apparently, uh, queer trends for the year are jorts. Do you know what jorts are? Jeans, shorts. Jean shorts. Well done. So any type, loose, slouchy, tiny, high-waisted, ass-crack showers, but jorts. I have a pair of jorts. Do you have jorts? No. You don't? No, I bought jorts not knowing that they were so (coughs) trendy. A dad shirt apparently has a queer vibe. Dad shirts are like queer. a big shirt. Yeah, like a yeah, big oversized, oversized shirt. shirt. I wouldn't say dad yeah. shirt. Okay, flamboyant accessories like sunglasses with shades. Yeah, yeah, I can see. <clears throat> sure, mesh tops. Love those. I have many. Yeah, I, I remember them. Hosiery well. stuff. Yeah, I remember them well. But now these moves that I have, they don't allow for nits. Uh, Why the nipple could peek through the gap and? Yeah, but that's a bit <clears throat> embarrassing. No, at my age, like my nipples showing through my mesh. Why? Not if there was a trickle of milk every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Loud pattern suits. Here we come back to Ranveer Singh land. Yeah. I mean, anything that screams um, 
Look at me is a loud thing, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> a vegan leather body harness. Vegan leather? Why? Because you have to be politically correct, na? You can't be leather leather. Oh, we all wear shoes, and yeah, of course. But I have to say, I do find leather harnesses quite sexy. Yeah, my and ex I know has a line now. Oh, really? What's mm. it called? Leather subculture. Wow, he's created his own line. In Jaipur, yeah, it's doing very well. I have seen you in pictures with a harness, like yeah, a bought that harness. from him. Beautiful, mm. very sexy. So I can get one. Yeah. Okay. Online, ships from Jaipur. Smoking jacket and satin shorts. What's a smoking jacket? I think those old style men's tweedy kind of jackets. I think this is Cute. a lesbian thing. Vintagey. With satin shorts. Yeah, leave it to the lesbians. Leave it to the lesbians. So tell me when growing up what were your high fashion moments? What I particularly remember is having these really really heavily tailored uh, Pochampalli and Kalamkari textile shirts. Shirts. And they were narrow sleeves. But a double the size with the fur cuff. The cuff, okay. And the collar was high and big. Okay. Hard and kind of like new romantic. New romantic. Yeah, but okay. it's just all over the place because you know, look, doing that in a white like Lagerfeld would keep it nice and crisp and classy. But I was so um, printy, print heavy. I had a big buckle belt that said not F C U K. It said F U C K. Ooh, that's um, and I was yeah, I was very bold. I used to wear it everywhere, and it was so huge and silver. Where big did you get lettering. that from? Some store in Hyderabad. Wow, big leather, and then this metal F U C K. And my mother used to be so offended by it. Obviously, and then I had pointy shoes, of course, under the oh, denims, which apparently right? are called brothel creepers. Well, that's my my mum told me that she because young. I yeah I uh, I bought a pair at uh, some market in London Camden Market like mm. a vintage pair and she was like oh brothel creepers are they back <laughs> but they they were beautiful like pointy well, ones well heels were made originally for the hookers weren't they for the men right high heels were for the men so go for it yeah my high fashion moment and I have to I have to say this because it. I still live with those memories was the voodoo days which is what mm. you were talking about and i bought a pair of impossibly tiny silver shorts which i would wear mm. i don't know how all about the bum uh, hanging all, out no right? bum then just like little shorts and oh, prancing cute. on the tables and all it was very uh, and unfortunately fortunately that was 96 so the mm. trend was shahrukh khan's tight oh, lycra no. dil to pagal ah. hai T-shirt. Do you remember that yes. one? Blue and green. Yes. I forget what was written on it. Even I don't. But I remember Karishma in it. And then everybody was wearing these tight Lycra kind Ooh. of T-shirts. Yeah. Lyra, Lyra. Yeah. Yeah. Lyra. And, so and uh, like shiny and pokey and sheeny and yeah. sherry and all. But it was fun. Fun. Yeah. At least it was like body con. And you used to show midriff and all. Midriff, not really legs. Okay. Yeah. Midriff, no. Yeah. So today they show more than. Today they show midriff. Yeah. yeah. Crop tops are big, very happy. Big on midriff. Yeah. I like. And for men. Also. And also when you're young and you're that's the most youthful and athletic you'll ever look. Yeah. Show off your best bits. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's true. We didn't have makeup at all. Boys didn't Sadly. wear makeup. Uh, maybe a little bit of eyeliner if you were really pushy, like yeah. uh, pushing the envelope. So when I was going out in my college and after days. When I was getting gay bashed in Hyderabad, I would go out with a full smoky eye. And I don't mean black. I would do green glitter, blue. Yeah. 
Where did that? That's how they identified us in the streets. How did I that guess. come to be? I really liked wearing uh, makeup. And you were still living at home in those days. Yeah, but we would get ready in my friend's house. Ha, either, of course, you know, and all like of us queens going do. out yeah. together. Yeah, then they pay. Yeah. And you'd wear like a full green full, glitter, smoky like a mint, eye. Some, not even like a classic Rani Mukherjee or anything like that, shapely almondy. No, it was just a round, just so that it's koala like, but cool and wow. sparkly in the lights of the club. And then get bashed. Well, not always. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's some nights would yeah. be involved some of this nonsense. So you made attention. the transition quite quickly into being like pushing the envelope. Yeah, second nature to me. Always there. Yeah. Rebellion, yeah. So, do you know about this term queer baiting? Yes. Okay. So, for the uninformed, it's a marketing tactic that leads fans into falsely believing that celebrities or fictional characters are LGBTQ plus because of the way they dress or interact. Yes. Uh, like Rainbow Pride merch. It's often a disingenuous approach and appeal to queer communities mm-hmm. that doesn't actually involve doing anything to represent or uplift to them. Yeah, and you'll see that happening now, incoming Pride Month in June. Oh God, yes, Gosh. where everything will be. They're all going to write to us and say, "Oh, we want to do this and that and that," but FOC, free of cost, and it has to be rainbow, mm-hmm. just in case you didn't get the memo. So the whole monetizing rainbow march. So rainbows have been a symbol of our rights yes. ever since the first rainbow flag was flown in 1978. Yes. Uh, but there's this whole thing called rainbow capitalism, which yes. is like using how LGBTQ liberation is monetized and used for social appropriating capital. our culture and yes, furthering that. Yeah. Right. So there's a practice of pumping out rainbow products during Pride mm. Month and donating one millionth of the proceeds which <laughs> creates just like slacktivism mm. in, a, in a do you face that as in terms of the job that you do like coming june now there'll be all this oh no not please. not me but i'm uh cognizant of it happening around and you see it happening yeah for sure especially with my friends doing uh, drag right professionally sure a lot of uh, people even in our entertainment worlds, Bollywood and stuff, um, who are making content that want to include some sort of a queer... Um, Context or yeah. gender. But they ultimately pitch an idea to you and it's, it comes with such sense of entitlement because they feel like, oh, we are giving your messaging a voice and a platform. So, of course, it's FOC. Oh. You know, and you should, you be, should, be, grateful. You should be grateful. Wow. So I don't take well to that at all. That's a big trigger. Yeah. So no, I'm sure. Yeah, and why I should burn you? bridges because of it. Um, even Luna, I can say. You know, we all we discuss all of these things, right? But it happens all the time. And how come your allyship only decides to surface in June? Right, in May. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing me up to par on fashion and style and everything. Uh, thank you for your time and thoughts. I wish you so much luck and love and joy. And I can't wait. I know I'm being like a pushy mother, but I can't wait for you to do more. Transition, you need to you do mean? more. No, not transition. You're very... My pronouns uh, yeah. are he, him. Your pronouns are he, him. I know that. <laughs> Uh, no, but I'm just saying like, uh, I respond to like anything. what's going to happen after makeup? Like I'm really excited about that part of Elton. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe go back to what I really wanted to do in life, which is singing. Oh, really? Or being a songwriter, maybe. I don't know. Is that where I, you started the journey? That was my childhood dream to be a singer songwriter. Yeah, I, I really enjoy singing because I feel, and I regret not learning to play a, a, an, an instrument. instrument younger. It's not too late. True, but I have so much of attention issues right now with the, my span. I think these reels and these quick quick yeah, things yeah, have yeah, ruined yeah. it, you know. I just can't sit through something for But long. apparently learning an instrument as you grow older is the best thing for yeah? you and your mind. Yeah. It's apparently a really good thing you can do for your yeah, brain. Yeah, because music so can really should. heal. Spaces. And you're in the bandra, you'll find uh, It's true. Guitar teachers and piano teachers. I have so many a... musician friends. Well, good luck with that. I look yeah. forward to that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks thank for having me, guys. And thanks thank for listening. You, thank you. listening to the queer podcast hosted by ashish soni produced by audiomatic producers for audiomatic akanksha kadam and avdoot khanulkar assistant producer nitesh zuvare original title track by shrijeet vijayan sound design mix and master by team audiomatic The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guest and do not reflect the policy or position of any organization, entity or platform. This podcast is not intended to harm, defame or offend any individual, group or organization and any references made to persons living or deceased are purely coincidental and not intended to be taken as factual statements. Listener discretion is advised.